Hi, I'm Peter Haddock from Content With Media and welcome to another edition of my podcast with leadership series. This podcast series is an extension to Earthmovers magazine's interviews which have been featuring in the print publication with the same leaders. This edition is kindly sponsored by Luagong Direct UK, one of the UK's leading construction equipment suppliers with direct sales and service support to its customers. In this edition, I talked to Jeremy Fish, the CEO of Ardent Hire Solutions. Now, I hadn't met Jeremy before until I realised that Ardent Hire Solutions had actually won a number of industry awards for the way in which they've been innovative in their approach to delivering their services through the use of technology. So when I met up with Jeremy a few months ago, I was really amazed about how they'd made some significant changes in the business. So I wanted to give him the opportunity to not only introduce himself, but also what Ardent Hire Solutions are doing. And so fortunately, he's come onto the podcast and let's hear from him now. Thank you, Peter. Well, it's great to be part of this podcast. I joined the hire industry in uh, 2004. Previously, uh, I was uh, in manufacturing with a company called GEC for a number of years. I then moved into uh, software and was with a a company called Mysis that was into uh, banking and financial services software. And uh, I came into the hire industry and had the opportunity to work with Agreco in North America for a number of years. I then got posted out to Russia, based in Moscow, setting Agreco up out there. And then I was in the Middle East working in uh, Iraq and Azerbaijan and and uh, places in uh, Central Asia. I was then Managing Director of Nationwide Platforms for a number of years. I was uh, instrumental in the initial Ainsco sale by TPG. I joined Ardent at the beginning of 2017. So I'm a relative newcomer to the industry, but uh, I'd like to consider that I've got some experience now. Brings me on to this award-winning approach, which is quite interesting because you've just taken a different view from the normal plant hire operation and I guess that's why we're calling you Ardent Hire Solutions now because it actually is a solution that you're selling isn't it so tell me a little bit about that and what you've done and where it's taken you to date. Yeah, well, thank you, Peter. I think one of the things that interested me about this industry is the opportunity that exists to innovate. And if I look back at certainly my experience in the hire industry, you know, there hasn't been a huge amount of innovation. It's quite a static industry. And uh, one of the reasons I joined Ardent was to see it could change that, bring in some innovation and perhaps a slightly different way of looking at things. The awards that we've won in the last 12 months, in fact, we've won we've won three awards. Uh, we won an award at the Construction News for the Digital Construction Excellence. And then we went on on to win at the Building Innovation Awards later last year for the best health and safety innovation. Then we also won at the Building Innovation Award for the most innovative supplier and the best health and safety innovation. And the product that we brought to market is a product called Site Manager that basically is a telematics information system. What it does, it uses the proprietary systems and it packages that data in a form that customers can then use to manage their hires more effectively. In essence, what we're trying to do, we're trying to help customers improve their productivity with the machines that they're hiring from us. We're trying to help them reduce their operating costs, and we're trying to help them improve safety. All of this is actually on an exceptions basis, data-driven approach. We've had some real successes with some of our customers. And I think, you know, that data-driven approach, I talk about this a lot in the, the work I do, not just on podcasts, but in videos and articles I write for Earth Movers magazine. I think the data piece has always been something that people have gone, oh, we've got too much data, we don't know what to do with it. So what I understand from what you're doing is you're taking the data and using it in practical 
real world situations. The one thing that I was quite impressed with is seatbelts, for example. You've got a seatbelt alert built into it. How do you get all this data and process it and do something useful with it? I think one of the issues with current telematic systems is that they give you a whole heap of data and you don't know what to do with it. You can't see the wood from the trees. The, the way Site Manager works is that it points out instances where you are breaching thresholds or you are breaching rules that you set up in the system. So, for example, you mentioned seatbelts. So if you are not wearing a seatbelt, it will send an alert, the supervisor or the manager of the plant, saying that their operator is not wearing a seatbelt. If you're speeding above a certain limit you set, it will send an alert to let you know. If you're in a telehandler and you're driving with an elevated boom at speed above certain threshold, it will alert the manager to let them know. So it works on an exceptions basis. Basis, only gives you and feeds you alerts where you're breaching rules. And those rules typically are set up if somebody's breaching safety, doing something unsafely. Perhaps they're operating the machine in a manner that is going to cause more cost or is perhaps unproductive to their employer. And of course, for yourself, this is really important because you guys hire out equipment. That's your key focus. So what you want to be doing is helping the people on site who provide the operators a tool in which they can help manage that hire more successfully. And what uh, did shock me a bit is you're telling people when they should off-hire stuff. Ideally, I'd like to help customers reduce the amount of time they have to hire my equipment, which I know sounds sort of contrary to thinking yeah. in the hire industry, but the reality is... If I can help customers reduce their high periods, then actually I'm providing them with better value for money. I'm helping them to reduce their operating costs. And I suppose our philosophy is, on that basis, they're more likely to come back to us next time and say, I'd like to hire your equipment again. Yeah, and equally, I guess what they can see from their productivity that they're achieving and if other things come in, they can very quickly get the same piece of equipment out, uh, very quickly get in contact with you on a on a more, not just site-by-site, -site, but sort of more global operations perspective i guess i always talk about individual sites but i get you work with some house builders don't you so and those guys have numerous different sites so it must benefit them in that way how does it work in that more global sense as it yeah. were well we work with many of the house builders and also many of the leading contractors and absolutely the beauty of site manager is is that it gives you a complete global perspective of how your fleet is performing and you can drill down literally within a couple of clicks of a mouse button taking a global view to actually seeing what's happening with a particular machine on a particular site. So it's a very, very powerful medium in that respect and very, very easy to use. And so what I guess this is doing, and I think, you know, always people, when, we, when I talk about data, Jeremy, people always turn around and go, oh, it's going to be the digital hammer to smack me over the head with. But I think what we're saying about data now is actually it's being used as a positive tool because what we're seeing is people can understand productivity. And if they've got, an operator that needs more support, they can actually invest in training and know that if they can get them up to a, another higher level, that they will get that back, pay back, don't they? How do you help people understand that? Well, I think people look at the data in different ways and different, and different parts of the system in different ways. So, you know, specifically about safety, absolutely, it's a training and education tool. You know, some people might take a view, well, it's a bit big, big brotherish, but actually all these companies, all our customers, they have policies and procedures on site. And all that's helping people do is to make sure that people are following those procedures. It's helping with compliance. I think the other side of it that we've found a lot of advantage is where people and contractors have got their own fleets. And what they do, they balance the additional demand by hiring in equipment. Actually, what you see in a lot of cases with people is that they've got their own fleet and it's not properly utilised. And actually, then they're hiring equipment 
on top of that. And how Site Manager works, it helps you identify where you've got latent uh, capacity, helps you utilize that capacity so that you know, you're getting the best value out of your fleet first and before you start incurring costs by hiring you know, somebody else's fleet. Now, that is really interesting. I mean, that is, you know, I mean, you've said, obviously, you don't want to hire, hire people too much equipment if they're not going to use it. But that approach, it, Jeremy, is, uh, you know, that's mind boggling, really, because you know, what you're saying to the customers is don't hire until all of your fleet's properly operating. And what do I have to do, though? Do I send you all the details of my fleet? Do you log into that telemetry? How does it practically well, work? Well, you, you work with us and we provide. So if you've got your own hire desk, which a lot of, you know, a lot of companies uh, with their own fleets do have, uh, you work with us and we, you know, we work with you to give you the information to point out where there is capacity in your fleet and our fleet. Okay, I see. So well, you must have had to invest quite a lot in bringing this system to market, but also in the people in your business, helping to make sure that the customers are getting the value out of it. What's the kind of investment that you've made there and how will things move forward as well? Yeah, well, it's, it's sort of been a journey, Pete, to be honest with you. We've got our own internal development teams uh, developing the software and that's a team that I have a lot of close contact with, and we work very closely together and iteratively. The software has evolved over the last couple of years as we've been trying to solve some of these problems that some of our customers have pointed out to us. It's a very hands-on process, very practical process. But there is another side to it as well in terms of customers being open-minded to the data that's being produced and to how that data is interpreted and also the level of the thresholds that they want they only get data reported to them as exceptions or thresholds are breached there's a different mindset and i think that's one of the you know if i look ahead to the next 12 24 months i see some customers that are naturally curious about all this stuff and they want to see more data and they want to manage their fleets on a more scientific basis but similarly i also see a lot of people that you know that aren't really interested as well that are just happy you know just to get a bit of plant for you know, four weeks and then return it at the end of it and are not that really bothered about efficiency or, or their operating costs. I'd like to think that over, you know, a period of time, more people will move to a data-driven approach because, you know, we live in a 1% world where, you know, mm. margins are under pressure, uh, costs are escalating. Uh, we can't necessarily get better prices for what we're doing out in the market. So we've got to find other ways of making margin. And this is actually another way of making margin. Yeah, I totally agree there. I think what's interesting for me moving on then, Jeremy, is actually how have you been working with your equipment providers? Because obviously we know that tapping into telemetry, everybody's, every manufacturer, OEM uh, or third party solutions got their own data streams, how that all works and comes together. How have you worked in or even made decisions on what plant you're going to buy related to the end point of delivering this concept? Then. Well, you know, we're, we're big followers of the AEMP standards for telematics porting. Everyone that we work with has to be able to provide telematics data in a minimum of that format. Uh, for some of the other OEMs, they provide us additional information. And in a couple of cases, we've had to modify the CAN buses on our equipment to gather that additional information. That's not part of the AEMP standard. And I think one of the challenges for our industry, actually, is... How do we enhance that AEMP standard to actually provide more and more information? And I do think that 
more and more of the OEMs are looking at this. I think this is absolutely on their radar. And I would expect over the next couple of years, the amount of information, and hopefully in a standard format, will grow and grow and grow. The other side of it is part of our decision-making process as to who we work with these days is the information they can provide. If I've got two OEMs and both products have equal capability, I'll work with the OEM that has the better information. Yeah, and I'm quite rightly so for that as well, to be honest with you, because I think that that drives best behaviour. And I mean, that comes on to how you're embracing other areas as well, Jeremy. So what are you doing around this trivocation piece? You know, obviously, we've got the JCB electric model mm-hmm. coming through. Seems to be quite popular in the industry. Are you following that train yourself? What are your thoughts on how that comes into play? Well, of example? course, electrification has got to be a way forward. But I think electric machines, certainly for the bigger machines, are still vastly underpowered. Like other people, we've been looking at hybrid machines. And what we're hearing about some of the, uh, the electric machines is the capital costs are going to be significantly higher than fossil fuel machines as much as 50 to 75 percent higher i think the question that you're asking me is what are we doing to uh, reduce carbon emissions and to make ourselves a clean and more environmentally friendly industry what i think we are now doing is that earlier this year we started offering uh, carbon neutral hires we've now got the system we're working with a a leading carbon provider and, and develop and because we can measure carbon dioxide emissions using site manager we can now say to customers that just for a few extra pence or pounds a week we will offset your carbon dioxide emissions with carbon credits through this carbon developer that we're working with a company called climate care and we'll give you a certificate at the end of it uh, to show that your hire is carbon neutral the technology we now have in place you can download those certificates from a portal and we send them to you automatically so that's all up and running and we, we've got wow. uh, we've got several customers that are working with us on that basis i think that is absolutely brilliant because the biggest impact i think on some sites particularly those that are earthworks heavy for example is the earthworks process itself and i think we are all looking about ways in which we can offset carbon or we can actually have a focus on carbon and i know actually that's how some of your customers will be able to win work as well, let's be honest, because they'll be able to say, look, we can do this for this added investment. They will be able to get the added investment yeah. back. They'll also be able to get the productivity and, and the information and data to, say, the tier one contractors that they might be working with. And therefore, that gives them a bit of a competitive advantage, which obviously in turn gives you that competitive advantage. Um, it? Yeah, it does. I think lots of people are talking about um, lots of people say they want it. I think there are less people that actually want to pay for it. But you know, we are entirely open and transparent in how we're doing this. So we, on our website, we under our sustainability, uh, we publish a schedule of all the carbon emissions. We uh, we publish examples of the carbon certificates and how we do all the calculations. We also use uh, well-to-tank calculations to take into account the supply chain carbon dioxide emissions as well. So all that's there and we're completely right. open about yep. it. Um, and it's something we're keen to encourage in the industry. So we don't necessarily see it as a competitive advantage. We see it as part of us being a responsible player, and hopefully other people will do yeah. the same. A good carbon citizen as such, yeah. That really brings me on to the fact that we've got all of this technology, this data. I know you invest in a lot of new equipment and cycle out your equipment on a regular basis as well. But this then brings me to the point, which is slightly different for you, I guess, because you're providing the equipment and the customers are providing the operators. But we've got a skills shortage, uh, Jeremy, and we've got an issue in the industry still with perception around being a plant operator is a dirty job. You don't get it paid very much money. You know, it's too longer hours. Don't want to be in part of this. And there's no training or upskilling or 
or visioned uh, I can come into the industry. And, and in a similar fashion, we've got that with the sort of what I'd call the, the people that look after the machines as well. What are you doing in far as looking at how we get more people into the industry and how we support, I guess, the operator community that is actually going to be using your equipment? Well, I think, first of all, people want to work for companies that are professional in their approach, that have high standards and will invest in their people to help them grow and develop and achieve their full potential in whatever they do. I think you know, people want to work for those type of companies, and that's the type of company that we're trying to be at Ardent. So, for example, we have something called Career Tracks that enables you to uh, come into the business at whatever level you want and uh, grow your career through a recognised career route. That career could take you in several directions. One example of that is our wash bay to wheels program where last year we had several people that joined us as yardmen that we then trained up to be fully qualified hgv drivers and that was a huge that that was a huge success yeah Uh, the other the other thing we're very keen on is uh, promoting people from within so uh, within our business last year we made over 20 promotions from within into more senior management positions so i think all those things you know if you have a a track record of doing that people want to come and work for for your business Uh, we also have an apprenticeship program so we've got apprentices not only in the workshop but also in uh, finance and sales and marketing and again those are a good way bringing people into the business as well from arden's perspective we don't have a problem bringing talent into our business generally speaking we find that people want to come and work for us you know we're a good employer and that's good and what about the operators you know what is the challenge that we've got with operators moving forward jeremy because obviously what i've talked to a lot of people recently it's very challenging for people for example to get onto a machine that's slightly different to another machine that's slightly different to another machine that and understand mm-hmm. the eco mode or the power mode or things like that you know what sort of things are you looking at as to where say i walk onto a jcb then i'm going onto a cat then i'm going onto something or whatever it is within your fleet and people are seeing these machines sometimes for the first time you know how do you think the industry can help with making sure they're making the most of uh, the little switch here that does a lot of the carbon yeah. benefit. Well, we're, we're not big employers of operators uh, in Ardent, and we just we tend to partner with people who yeah. uh, employ and specialise in the provision of operators. But actually, one of the things we have done to make it easier for operators, we've invested very heavily into uh, a medium called Ardent TV. Yes, indeed. I saw so, that. So yes, we've got yeah. really three components to Ardent TV. One is how people familiarise themselves with the equipment that they're working on, and we We've got multilingual videos, not terribly long, a sort of length that people can take on board and can take the information on board and they can put themselves through those videos to familiarise themselves. At the end of it, there's some testing and there's a certification process as well. Then we've got a a series of self-help videos uh, whereby operators can fix common questions or common ailments or common problems themselves. In very many cases, you know, they have to revert to calling somebody out to help them fix the problem or, or show them how to do something. Well, they can do that for themselves now. And then we've got a series of best practice videos as well, which shows operators how to use equipment productively, you know, how to minimise cost and, and also how to use equipment safely as well. Look, I think that's really good. I did um, look at that with you a few months ago when we met. And what did really strike me about that is you'd not just gone to level one on that, you know, as saying, let's create an English video because we're in the UK, you've recognised the fact that a lot of operator communities in different parts of the country may not have English as their first language necessarily. And I think you've got to 
recognise that our industry, like you have, is very diverse. And although we're not perceived to be diverse and inclusive, there's very diverse, different people involved in the industry and operators you know, are critical to actually operating things safely. And if you don't give that information to the people, how are they expected to know yeah, how no, to do I, it? I couldn't agree more. And actually, my experience on site as well is that you can be talking to an operator, thinking you're connecting to him and, uh, and explaining yourself. And then when you ask him a question, he doesn't understand what you're saying. And then actually you realise at that point they, they won't stop you to say, well, actually hang on a minute, my use of English language isn't that great. I think they're, they're probably a little bit worried if they understand that, or they think you, that, you know, they understand that their livelihoods might be in jeopardy. So it's better for them just to keep quiet and, and just not. And of course, that's not what we want. We want people to have a proper understanding no. of the equipment and the issues and all that. So that's why we do stuff in multiple languages. And I think that's uh, commendable. I think, you know, for me, what I've seen about Arden Hire Solutions is the actual element, what you're talking about here, is not just the kit, is it? It's actually how it's used, the people that are using it and supporting the customers with all their different areas and their concerns. Now, what is interesting is for me is what's the next step for you guys? And at the moment, Jeremy, unfortunately, I've been doing some podcasts around plant theft as well. So I'd like to understand what the next steps for you are in this solution piece, but also what you're doing around tackling mm. plant theft, which apparently has doubled mm. in this lockdown period where we're yeah. actually doing Well, we've podcast. got trackers on all our equipment. In addition to that, we also have a feature within Site Manager called a, a movement alert. So uh, if equipment is actually moved for any reason outside a designated radius, we call this geofencing, it will send an alert immediately to any of a designated number of users. And then we can also track the position of that machine historically. So actually that provided customers with a lot of reassurance and actually it's also helped them with their insurance as well in a number of cases and helped them to reduce their insurance premiums. So that's what we're doing on theft. The next steps for us, we are very much engaged in a complete digital end-to-end -end solution for customers. So we've already got a new portal that's been up and running now for about nine months called Ardent Insight. Customers can see what equipment they've got on hire, they can off hire it, they can uh, raise service queries, they can see the status of those service queries when the engineer is on site they can download proof of deliveries and collections and all the photographs associated with it they can download the lola certificates carbon offsetting certificates and they can look at invoices and queries and on all that all that stuff is part of an end-to-end -end digital experience that we are continuing to enhance for customers and that's where we're going over the next 12 months Right. Um, and right. I'd like to think that if you are a customer, if you want to deal with us digitally, you will be able to do any sort of transaction online. Well, you can almost do that now. Looking ahead, you'll be able to do any sort of transaction with us over the next 12 months. So you're talking about doing it from your phone. Is there an app involved in that as well? We have an app that has several modules to it. The app will follow. This is primarily on a website. We do have an Ardent app on that yep. app. You yep. can download your Lola certificates and do all sorts of things. We've just launched a Track My Delivery app where we'll send you a text when we've uh, confirmed your delivery with an estimated time of arrival. A Ex bit like my exactly, Amazon this exactly morning. Exactly the same. Uh, you, you can see where the driver is yeah. on screen and what his ETA is and what he's delivering. And then uh, when he's actually left your site, you get a pop-up on your screen where you can score him and give him stars and give him feedback. And that will go back to the driver. And similarly, the driver can score you as well. One of the issues we have oh, good. Business yeah. is that uh, sometimes the quality yeah. of delivery addresses uh, is perhaps not what it should be. If you mm. get a delivery address that's not quite right, 
then very often the drivers have to play address detectives and that then delays us on to the next delivery. So trying to work with customers to improve the quality of delivery addresses. And by the way, sometimes it can be difficult if your site's in the middle of nowhere. Actually providing, you know, providing us yeah, with a, yeah. an accurate address actually can be a bit of a challenge. But anyway, so those are the sorts of issues that we're working on. And um, the Track My Delivery has been available now for about three months and we've had fantastic response from customers. Well, Jeremy, what I call all of this is the one version of the truth because people that can get something from a centralised portal can actually make sure it's the right information and it's updated. You know, when your people are working through emails and spreadsheets, you're only as good as the last revision of that. And, you know, data that's inputted manually can actually cause problems anyway. So it's great to see that the customer in the future can have this sort of one version of the truth, can have the data that they require, can set their own parameters so that they actually only get alerts that they want instead of tons of stuff flashing at them all the time. And I guess all of that is an educational process, but it all helps to make the industry a better, does, more efficient place to be, Absolutely. It? I think, you know, going forward, you know, the need for data to be available on a real-time basis instead of packaged, you know, is one of the challenges that we have. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things the OEM and dealer community with the industry really has to address. It's something I've heard from other people as well. You know, we really do have the data and technology in the world now to go real time. So the demand is coming from you there as a leader. And I don't think anybody else would challenge you on that because that's exactly where we should be in real time, isn't it? Because you can make real time decisions on site 15 minutes later if you get the information that you've got a load of, I'm just pulling an example, ADTs and a line idling because there's a problem and nobody's recognised it, then you've just lost a lot of carbon efficiency yeah, and, exactly. and uh, everything exactly. else, haven't you? Jeremy, look, I know you're incredibly busy and I thank you so much for spending this sort of time with me. It has been a big learning curve for me to understand what the Ardent Higher Solutions team are doing. And by the sounds of it, yeah, you're racing ahead so quickly that people have got to keep looking at you to see what's next. So um, look forward to, to keeping a better eye on you guys in the future. And also when this unfortunate situation we're in at the moment comes to an end, it will be great to come and see you and talk to some of your customers and users as to how mm. the Ardent Insight is really giving them the information they need. So thanks very much for joining me today. Uh, I know we've had a bit of connectivity issues, but this is where we're at at the moment, folks. And next time I see Jeremy, it will probably be face to face. So thanks again. And thank uh, you very much. I really appreciate the time. So it's a big thank you to Jeremy for coming on to this podcast series. I think I've learned a lot myself about Ardent Hire Solutions, and they're certainly going above and beyond what you'd expect from a hire business. And that collaboration that Jeremy's talked about, and the delivery of not data, but real information from data they've collected that is helping customers to not only off-hire equipment from them, but also to learn how to be safer, to help their operators, and fundamentally to understand their carbon impact. Jeremy and his team have done a great job, and I'm sure there's much more to come from them. So I just want to say also a big thank you to Lugong Direct UK, who have sponsored this edition of the series. They're one of the UK's leading construction equipment suppliers, with direct sales and service support to its customers. I also want to thank you, the listeners, 
It's the feedback I'm getting from you, the questions that you're sending me through direct messages on social media that really are helping me to ask those questions that we want the leaders to answer. And the leaders themselves, like Jeremy in this podcast, are doing a tremendous job. So please keep on listening. And if this is the first podcast you've listened into my series, go backwards and listen to some of the others because they're really insightful. Also, remember to stick around because there's more to come. So please stay safe out there and look after yourselves and your families. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please also take time to share it with others so that we can spread out the insightful information that's shared in this and the series. Thanks again for listening. Bye-bye.